Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Minneapolis. With me is Greg Velasquez in Des Moines. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. It was a pretty discouraging performance from the Americans as they lost 3-0 to England at Wembley, but hiring a coach should help. Let's start by cataloging the first 13 minutes. I'll try to do this as quickly as I can because they were instructive. You good with that? Yeah, have at it. Right away from kickoff, England went down the left wing and Chilwell darted inside and was relatively unmarked and played across across. Dangerous chance within 30 seconds. 60 seconds after that, almost a carbon copy pass up the line on the right flank. Same, Essentially the same thing happened. The cross was cleared. Fifth minute, the Deli Alley header on a corner, which was called back after a nice Guzan save because the corner kick traveled out of bounds. Eighth minute, Guzan's pass the wing is picked off by Lingard, and he plays to Callum Wilson, who can't finish from the edge of the, bo- the six-yard box. Harry Kane probably would have finished that, I'm thinking. Ninth minute. It's Michael Keane to Trent Alexander-Arnold and then a simple pass up the wing to Wilson, shrugs off Brooks, glides around him and pumps across in the box. Tenth minute, very similar move up the right flank. Thirteenth minute, another move like that up the right flank. Just chance after chance after chance. And my telecast missed it because it was showing replays, but uh, I think the first time we got into the English half in any sort of meaningful way was the 13th minute when Pulisic crossed and it was cleared for a corner right after one of those chances I just mentioned earlier. So it was totally abysmal right out of the gate from the U.S. And I want to know why you think that was. What was going on? Bells, that is that – is, uh, I don't want to pile on the guy because, again, he's he's been put in sort of a thankless job. But that's – all on Dave Sarakin. The 15, that 15 minute span where England were generating one chance per possession, just an absurd danger rate. It's that is entirely Dave Sarakin, his game plan, the execution or the instructions. It was enough to like almost make me check out of the game entirely right there. Mm. So what do you think Sarakin got wrong? Man, like uh, for that, (laughs) that, minutes bells it was everything uh as soon as the team took the field it's already wrong um the formation we came out in uh defensively is a 4-4-2 we finally have christian pulisic in our in camp on the roster on the field um and we decide <laughs> the way we decide to use him is as an outside mid in a 4-4-2 and he's an outside mid he is not a winger uh because we are accommodating Julian Green and using him as a forward, that means that Christian Pulisic and Tim Weah are outside mids who are vital to our defensive shape. So the game plan literally calls for our best attacking player to be uh, one of our primary defenders. So again, straight away, your game plan is terrible for using your best player. Uh, we've gone back and forth a lot. Usually we just sort of go back and back. I mean, we kind of agree on where Christian Pulisic should be used. Not everyone agrees, but I don't think anybody thinks Christian Pulisic should be utilized as uh, like you're a strong wide defender. Yeah, he certainly wasn't up to the task. He 
he and Wea both, right? They weren't they either weren't instructed properly or there were no instructions or they ignored the instructions. It's one of those three. Yeah, and I don't I definitely don't think it's them ignoring the instructions because we ha- certainly with Tim Wea, we have a pretty good sample of Tim Wea being a good defender in the 442 uh the first half against Colombia. Um, where we sat in that 4-4-2, and Weah was just fine, uh, very disciplined, held his shape, and then it was Kenny Seth on the other side who, who sort of wrecked everything. Um, but in this game, Pulisic and Weah, from the first 10 seconds, they were both wrecking everything. And actually, the center midfielders were wrecking everything. So in other words, everybody was wrecking it. That tells me right away, it's not individual breakdowns or individuals misunderstanding. Like, it is a team-wide... Uh, lack of any idea of what we're trying to do or how we're trying to play. It it did look that way. And as you mentioned, I think McKenney was also out of position if you want to, if, you know, from the perspective of we want two very disciplined banks of four, you would do that thing where he sort of pop out to sort of half press, but not really press at all. And then McKinney, they would just, you, you clips of it already. Uh, McKenney and they didn't we'd end up sort of chasing guys off the ball like we were going to deny them a ball or we wanted to be right on top of them when they received it. Um, but in, but the England, the English player who had the ball wasn't on, under any pressure, uh, usually one of their center backs or their fullbacks. So when we're pre- we're chasing a guy off of the ball, trying to deny a pass. England on the ball would just simply pass to the space that we just vacated. It was it was ridiculous. It was so simple, like it didn't require anything. Uh, sophisticated from England, and and that shows because they were so they were able to rattle off eight good chances in the first twelve minutes. Yeah, I mean, there. Let's not take too much away from England. They they are uh, they were obviously well organized, and their movement off the ball was was decisive and very opportunistic. And I I thought I kept thinking through that first fifteen twenty, you know, basically the whole game. How um, how how strong and composed that front three of theirs is on the ball, their front three attackers. And these, this isn't even their first choice lineup, but you know, uh, Callum Wilson, Jaden Sancho, and uh, who's the third one, Jesse Lingard. They're just, they're great athletes. They're great soccer players. They're intelligent. Uh, They have great first touch. And so, I mean, I just want to acknowledge that it's not all it's not all because we're terrible although it was uh, that I'll acknowledge that these are all quality players bells but I actually am going to say that no they don't like we can't be sure that they deserve this kind of credit uh in this game because it was it was again it was just, there was never a moment where we actually pressured them on all those uh uh all those sequences where they beat us so easily um it was it was more or less the same pattern uh, I sent to you, you know, as soon as we were 10 minutes in, because we're in that 4-4-2 defensively, it's usually pretty easy to see what the first breakdown in the in the sequence is. Uh, and it would be England under no pressure passing the ball around the back. Either Tim Weah or Christian Pulisic would, would start to jump out at a fullback who was receiving the ball. But because we start in that bank of four midfielders off of the ball, uh, they're never going to get there in time to actually pressure. You know what I mean? By the time they get there, the English player will have already collected the ball and has been able to pick his head up. Uh, so the the pressure is going to be ineffective, but we're breaking the line. So when Tim Weah comes flying up, 
England's wide attacker would check back uh, down the sideline. Viafania, if you're on way aside, Viafania would come up with that attacker. And then England had the easiest recognition in the world to send one of their central players uh, behind Viafania into that space he just vacated. And it was it's just the easiest pass. Like, there isn't any real technical ability required to hit that pass. They're not threading these amazing through balls. Like it's you're playing against you're playing against like uh, shadow defenders at that point. It becomes just sort of a, a passing drill, um, almost almost with no pressure. Like there wasn't any pressure on the ball, and there's no pressure on the player making the run. You just have we're giving them a free entrance into the space behind our fullback, and then Brooks would have to go out and defend him one on one, or Miasco would have to go out on Pulisic's side and defend one on one. Right. I know. I'm- on and on about this, but like it was so ridiculous to watch this happen for 15 minutes uh, because the issue is when this is happening, you can't really evaluate anybody. Like uh, I know at times, Bells, at times I have been critical of Will Trap. Uh, <laughs> I not even criticize Will Trap here. Like there's no way Will Trap was going to be able to uh, play good defense uh, in this system. He shouldn't be in a two man midfield to begin with. Um, and if he is, the midfield needs to stay tight and compact and protect each other. And we did the exact opposite of that. It was it was like a little bit embarrassing to watch that first 15 minutes. Yeah, it was. And um, I guess one one thing I wonder is let – me, let me start that again. One thing that's going around uh, – I put that GIF thread on, on Twitter of, of the nine dangerous – involvements from England in the first 12 minutes. And I asked people to, to tell me what they think was going on. A fair number of people say, well, it's the players don't believe in Sarakin. They're, um, they're trying, you know, it's like, it's like the way they played against Costa Rica in 2016 when they were trying to get uh, Jurgen Klins- Klinsman fired. It's just a team without belief. And I wonder how much you think that is the case. Uh, I see it, man. The body language kind of looks like that. I'll say it also, it also reminded me a lot of, uh, like the Jurgen Klinsmann teams that would go out against Mexico, uh, or when he put a team, when he put them out there in a brand new formation that they never trained on. And I think it came out in reports, the guys who even say, yeah, we never trained on it. He just gave us the lineup in the formation and we were had to solve it on ourselves on the fly. Uh, with professional players, you can't do, you have to have some assignments and, and, like uh, you have Tim Way has to know whether he's gonna whether he's supposed to stay home in the in the line of four or whether he's gonna go press, and everyone else needs to know if Tim Way is gonna stay home or press because if he presses, we all need to go together, and if if he's not gonna press and we all have to shift, and then it becomes Wood and Julian Green's job to actually shift over and deny uh, England's fullbacks the ability to drive forward with the ball. They just have to sort of arrive late, but you know I mean there are all these moving pieces that have to. Uh, harmonize a little bit and there's just it, it, it's not super complicated either uh, it can be done in a short camp yeah. it just looked like it just looked like there was nothing provided to these poor guys out there and so I end up feeling like really bad for, for them and I feel like there is no re- real narrative about our players or our capability to play that you can that you can get from it all the, to- all the talk about how England have you know, gone in this direction and they're so much better than us now. They might be. I, I think they are better than us. I don't think that's too controversial. But <laughs> I don't I don't know if they're I don't know how much better they are because that's not a there's no good 
conclusions you can draw from the way we were set up yesterday. Okay. Okay. I was worked up about it, Bells. Yeah, no, it was really, it was really poor and it didn't look coordinated. The, the defending didn't look coordinated at all. The pressing, the lack of pressing. I mean, I had no idea what was going on. The last bit too, that I just want to like complain about is even if we're doing exactly sort of what we should be doing, uh, the game plan still called for Tim Weah and Christian Pulisic to do a ton of defending at the top of our box. Like that's what the game, even if they were doing good, that's what they would have been doing on those goals where everyone's like, uh, it looks like Pulisic lost his man here. That means it was Pulisic's job to be tracking some runner like 15 yards from our goal, like on a lot of occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when people are saying it's Pulisic's fault for those goals, I'm saying, yeah, it kind of is like on the X's and O's. What that means is it's totally Dave Sarakin's fault. Like that goal is Dave Sarakin's fault because there's no reason that your game plan should require your best attacker and Tim Way on the other side to be spending most of their time defending at the top of the box. That's a bad game plan. Yeah. And there's there was a point right after the second England goal, which we'll get to in a second, where the camera panned to Sarakin and he I swear he looked like a delirious castaway on a desert island. He, uh, he just looked confused and kind of afraid. And I saw him mouth the words, play forward, <laughs> play forward. So who, I mean, we, yeah. our best players are when they win the ball. I think pool, you, you at some point sent me a message saying has pool stick had a touch yet. And I was like, yes, bells in the seventh minute, he touched the ball literally in our defensive corner touching our defensive corner flag. Uh, that's where he's picking the ball up. Like, what is, what are we doing? Yeah. And, you know, of course, Pulisic famously said last night, he, uh, they just need a quote unquote, a guy with a plan and a style. And, you know, that's going around the internet and it's, it's kind of refreshing to hear that from Pulisic. So I think it's clear the boys, the boys are not happy with the current situation. They're ready for a coach. There's a little bit of positive stuff to talk about, which we will sprinkle through this. But I will say it's not like England was totally impenetrable for us. We did we did generate some chances throughout the game on occasion. And the first one came, I just want to mention it because I think it was, it was kind of an interesting case study, came right up the gut in the 16th minute. Uh, Guzan played to Trap, Trap played to Green, just on a straight line right into the center circle. Green turned in all kinds of space and sprayed the ball to Yedlin uh, on a on a diagonal. Do you remember this play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was really clean. I, I really liked I'll let you keep going, but I, I really liked how uh, decisive Will Trap was to begin the play. Uh, I think he even told Guzan to wait and essentially until he could get closer to collect from him. Uh, so that that was a that was a noticeable positive for Will Trap there. Yeah. Well, then Green, for some reason, you know, Green had all kinds of room, and he he has time to play it to Yedlin. Now, Yedlin doesn't field the ball very cleanly, but he does dink it over, I think it was uh, Lewis Dunk, to to Pulisic inside the box. And Pulisic receives the ball, you know, just a couple yards inside the box, close to the touchline. And here's where uh, we could have scored, I think we could have scored a goal if McKinney was a little more had a little better instincts in the box because he's the runner running right at the mouth of the goal. And uh, Bobby Wood is kind of the pullback option. And Pulisic 
opts to play just a low driven near post ball. And if McKenney had, you know, committed to the near post, I think he gets there and gets a chance to, to have a shot. And, um, I, I, you could argue that Pulisic should have pulled it back for wood, but I thought he made the right choice. Anyway, there was, I thought that was a little bright spot with a little more, uh, attacking savvy from McKenney might've ended up in a goal. And, um, I know it's kind of. I know it's. You, you think it's kind of silly to discuss the game because it was so poor from a tactical standpoint. But here we are. Here we are, Greg. And no, I I agree. Like those, you you hope to see those little bright moments. And again, I think they end up standing out more. The same way the uh, attacking sequences that were so clean against Peru stand out because again, I think the, the tactics were sort of the shape was all wrong for the U.S. and they still managed to sort of play their way into some dangerous situations. Um, so it does matter that we can essentially overcome our own our own obstacles and, and game plan uh, to still generate at least a little bit of a threat. That is that's some that's some bright spot. Yeah, it's like we have the players to occasionally threaten. I think that is clear at a minimum. And then you know England went back to dominating the game and created more chances. And then in the everything sort of the game was essentially decided between the 24th and the 27th minutes. Are you ready to sort of jump into this? Yeah, Bells, give us the, give us that three minute timeline. Okay. So the U S got its best chance of the game. Our shape looked a little, actually a little better for, for a minute there, at least to me, we had sort of all the options closed down and we forced dunk into a, I don't know, just a speculative diagonal ball that he mishit and it went straight to, to McKenney in the center circle. And then McKenney did a quick, some quick combination passing with Trap and Green. The ball ends up back at McKenney's feet. He's kind of moving forward through the center circle. He plays a nice little pass to Pulisic in traffic. I mean, just as an aside, one thing I noticed a lot was when was Pulisic drifted inside quite a bit, you know? And yeah. And our spacing, our offensive spacing was just like a total mess. You know, it would we'd have like four guys within five yards of each other all the time. But anyway, in this case, it worked out because uh, Pulisic tried to play uh, slip Bobby Wood in behind. Bobby Wood may have been offside, at least he thought he was, and he just kind of Statue of Liberty did, and <laughs> and then uh, Pulisic alertly ran onto it, took three, maybe four touches. And took one touch too many, probably uh, closed out, closed down his own angle, and and couldn't convert. Jordan Pickford saved the shot. It was a really good chance, and it was zero zero at that point. It could have, uh, I think, people on people out there arguing that that could have changed the overall tenor of the game, and of course that's true because a goal I, does that. Can I jump in there on that one point, please? Uh, I don't buy. I actually don't give that any credence either. Like it would, it would have changed the game in the sense that we would have had one goal on the scoreboard, which is great. Uh, but I don't think in any way that means that we suddenly play better or that England start playing worse. And I guess the the best evidence I can give for that is we literally just played Colombia. We're getting dominated. Scored not one but two goals against the run of play, and it didn't lead to us somehow then playing a lot better. Colombia continued to sort of. Uh, have their way with us and went on to score several more goals. 
Yeah, I'm not saying it would have made us play better. Although I, I'm not saying that's out of the question. I'm just saying it changes the changes the game, which is a very uh, safe thing to say because it at minimum changes the scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, for, I, I suppose between the two of us, I probably put a little more stock in the whole like mystical momentum stuff than you do. Yeah, and I'm cool with I'm cool with uh, being a little bit more religious than you are. So there we go. <laughs> Um, All right, so Pulisic doesn't finish his chance, and then moments later... Immediately later, <laughs> Yedlin clears the ball with his head, Pulisic's coming back to it, and he takes up uh, what can only be described as a poor touch. It's a giveaway in the def- defensive third, and it's it goes down to Deli Ali in the corner, and he just, as usual, he's very secure on the ball. He's not really all that troubled and he he picks out a wide open Lingard who Pulisic is not tracking at all I mean whether that's Pulisic's fault or Dave Sarakin's fault I guess is is a question but Lingard has an hour to turn and size up the goal and curl it into the far post using the onrushing Matt Miazga who's like 12 yards away as a screen 1-0 yeah yeah great finish but yes, if you're going to uh, continue to give players of England's quality uh, three seconds on the ball, 19 yards from goal, it's not going to end well for you. Right. Pulisic was asked if he thought he should have gotten back on that, and he that apparently that question made him very angry in the post-game press conference. Um, I guess your point is he shouldn't have the responsibility to be defending on the edge of his own box. Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't. Not all game. If, if there's, if there was like a, uh, and sort of a breakdown somewhere, and suddenly Pulisic is back there covering, uh, occasionally, fine. You know, that's going to happen in a soccer game. You got to use all eleven players. That's uh, But if you're again, if you're by design calling on Pulisic to constantly be acting as a, as like a full time defender, that's bad design. And eventually, he's going to struggle because he's not a great defender. So uh, over. 90 minutes or in this case over 25 minutes uh he's going to eat there are going to be breakdowns in his spot and it's because you're asking him to do something that he shouldn't be doing right okay well so it's one zero england and then two minutes later the uh, england passes through us pretty easily again there's kind of a scramble at the top of the box that falls to sancho who plays it lightly to an onrushing trent alexander arnold on the right side again our our outside midfielder who is not really suited for the job isn't covering Wea Wea was a few yards behind Alexander Arnold and Alexander Arnold just thrashed it in really nice finish with all the time in the world to sort of size it up yeah hey so if you're if you're if you're like listening find the clip of that goal and like pause it right when the ball falls to the english player at the top of the box before he feeds arnold uh, and what you'll also see is if he had instead of fe- like feeding Arnold out wide, if on the right side, if he had decided to just flip the ball over to the left side, there were also two wide open players on the <laughs> left side. Because Christian Pulisic was also not really aware of uh, those attacking runs and was not tracking them on his side either. So um, we basically were were defending with uh, six for the entire game because Pulisic and Wayal were very ineffective. I, I, I. 
Well, so yeah, England score two zero England. Yeah, and then they took their foot. They took took their foot off the gas. I the the rest of the game. I mean, there was the the brightish moments in the early going in the second half. And England got a third goal, which was again sort of in this case it was Kenny Saif not really covering and uh, Fabian Delph, who had been playing in the central central midfield role for England, was out at left back at that point, and he just you know he it was crossing practice. He just had all day to s- set it up and cross it to Callum Wilson, and Callum Wilson beat I believe it was Matt Miazga to it, and three zero. And I would say from then on, the game was just kind of like, let's get out of here. Everybody wanted to get out of there without getting injured. We didn't get to see we didn't get to see Tyler Adams until maybe it was the fifty fifth minute or the sixtieth minute or something. And I've seen people say that he played really well. I didn't. I thought the game was just kind of dead at that point, and there wasn't much to much to see or much to say about Adams's performance or Kellen Acosta's or Sebastian Legette's. I'm with you on that. I think these games have, uh, when once you start bringing in five, six subs, uh, they start to be lost causes as far as uh, even on even on the good days where you have a good plan, you start to there's diminishing returns on what you can take away from it. Uh, the Peru game I think is a, point, a great example of that where as we started to make subs, uh, literally the game just sort of was dead in the, dead in the tracks and. Uh, People just sort of stop playing soccer, and I think I think it was similar uh, yesterday. If not, like they, we might have stopped a little earlier because of the, I don't know what I'd say, like the the confusion or the uncertainty everybody had about where everyone else would be playing. I'm 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 not going to let it go, Bells. No, I mean I mean I, I agree with you. I think most people do. I guess there's a there are there is a, the thing you're pushing back against is that England is also really good. Or at least that they that they did a lot of good things to create those chances, and um, I don't know. I guess we'll I guess we'll never know. We won't know for many years, at least. I think we can know within eight months. I mean, we not necessarily against England, but if we start playing good teams after after a coach has had even a few windows, a full time, real life coach, uh, I think we'll we'll have a much better idea of what our pool is actually capable of right now. It's just, it's so it's just impossible to know what even, even the group that took the field yesterday, what they're actually capable of. Yeah. It's pretty dark. Shame on the shame on the, all the, the higher ups, man, they should have, uh, this shouldn't be happening. We shouldn't be playing really good soccer teams with a guy who can't, he like, he just can't do it. Sarah can, can't do it. He's not, he's not equipped. Yeah, he's he's definitely in over his head here. Uh, when it was just a matter of uh, calling the right names and getting the young kids into the game, and that's all that mattered, uh, that was fine. But now that we're at the point where we're actually like theoretically, at least, trying to put together like our full roster and and playing, uh, we he has been left behind. And and the players are they know that too. You know, they guys play for really good managers and really good situations a lot of the time. Uh, They'll they'll know that a guy's out of his like out of his element. Everyone knew with Klinsman that he was at, like out of his element trying to put together a a game plan, and it shows. Let's run through the roster real quick. Not nah, right. no, we're not going to linger here. Uh, Brad Guzan at goalkeeper. Any thoughts here? Um, 
that that save was awesome, man. Like that's a great save. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter that it counts or not because again, it's a friendly, so nothing really counts. Uh, awesome save. Uh, I don't think I don't think Guzan did any does anything to change your opinion of him. Uh, he hits one poor pass out and um, gives England a chance there that they didn't really earn. But you know, whatever. I trust Guzan playing out of the back. He's done great for Atlanta. He looks like he's usually pretty comfortable for the U.S. Uh, no issues with Guzan. Okay. Yeah, I thought his distribution was maybe a little worse than you're giving it credit for. There were a couple, a few other, you know, errant passes. None quite as obvious as the one. And then you know he was he could have been whistled for that penalty, but you know that's not really on him. I guess that's just our defense getting shredded. Let's talk about the defense then. John Brooks, I thought was our best passer out of the back by a long distance that's a that's always an asset but he just uh he just looks slow and we talked about this last week i thought he looked slow and just slow-footed yesterday too often like he's just on another lower athletic level from uh an english international attacker yeah Maybe. he got got he got definitely like John Brooks traffic coned at least once. Uh, I didn't jot down the time, the timestamp, but I remember seeing it be like, Oh, there it is. Um, but I'm going to say this for all these guys. So I might just say it on, on this one and then leave it to you. But, uh, without, a, without a real system or a real game plan, even you don't even need to have a system, just have like one coherent game plan. Uh, it's, it, it's going to be, we're going to end up being really harsh on all of these guys because that's what happens when, you have 11 players all sort of just trying to play their own way. Uh, everyone's going to look pretty bad. So uh, Brooks is defending. It's going to look like he's always scrambling. And when you make a defender scramble all the time over 90 minutes, they're going to have an, plenty of times where they end up either getting postered or pants or um, traffic coned. Right. That's true. I mean, I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna make a distinction between him and Miazga, Miazga is not as likely to get traffic cone, but not as calm or precise in distribution. But like you said, hard to judge too much of either of those. I thought the fullbacks Yedlin and Viafania were both pretty much par for the course. I didn't see anything terrible from them. They're under a lot of pressure, and they did okay. All things considered. Yeah, they- they, because of the way that England were so like found it so easy to get behind them, but they they almost get spared the humiliation because uh, they're immediately cut out of the play. They chase they're they're chasing somebody off the ball. They get cut out of the play, and now it's Brooks and Miazga who end up looking bad, or the center mids who aren't filling in the space well enough. So the only time you really see them is when they just get to straight up defend one v one on the sidelines. Uh, and Viafania and Yedlin are both pretty capable one v one defenders. So. They kind of got to just sort of show off their strengths in that in that sense. Yeah, right. Well, let's see. Midfielders, uh, it was it started off in a a four two three one, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with McKinney and Trap in a something of a double pivot. I thought uh, I thought Trap Trap wasn't as terrible as a lot of people thought he was. He can't cover enough ground defensively or do enough on the ball to make an impact in my opinion, but he's, he was not the problem yesterday. No, no, he wasn't. Uh, and again, he had no chance at doing the things that were going to be needed to stop England from, from carving us up. 
because he doesn't he didn't have a third center mid to help him. It was just him and McKenney, uh, and he didn't have outside mids that were really committed to helping him either. Um, so then you're just you're literally asking Will Trap to do the job that Michael Bradley couldn't even do in qualifying, uh, and there's just no way Will Trap is going to do that job. Yeah, he's cover the entire center midfield uh, with with West McKenney as his partner and and stop uh, England from sort of having their way. Yeah. Well, I'm so I thought West McKenney had his best game in a U.S. shirt since you know, arguably since the Portugal game, which was his debut, and when he scored a goal, he looked like someone who could make stuff happen and and push the ball forward and be play quickly, be calm on the ball. Uh, on the ball, he was a real asset, I thought, in the game. And he had a couple of nice little moments, in the, particularly early in the first, second half, where he, uh, where he dribbled by some folks. I thought he was a lot stronger on the ball uh, than he has been in the past. Uh, does it matter? Does it affect sort of his overall rating in, the, in this game uh, that, he, that England could car- – I mean, England did just carve us up uh, as easily as they wanted, and Weston McKenney is – sort of at least tasked with not letting that happen. Uh, does that count against him? I think it does a little bit, you know, with all the caveats that the, that the system was garbage or the lack of a system was garbage. I was watching pretty closely late last night. He does, there is a sense in which he's, he loses the guy behind him or he doesn't like close down. He doesn't cover the passing lane. He sort of is drawn forward toward the ball and just kind of loses track of, what's behind him. So a clever opponent can really exploit that. And England did that. I mean, you, you could say that that's all Sarakin's fault, that he wasn't aware of his responsibility. And maybe that's true, but you know, he's a professional soccer player to a certain extent. He sh- he should be sorting these things out on the field. And he wasn't really able to do that yesterday. Yeah. I asked, I asked the question, but really I was just, I mean, I, I completely don't hold it against him at all. Like anybody's defensive, uh, positioning breakdowns in this game I'm, I'm basically just giving him a free pass uh because for all i know like he was he was told like uh you, you just saw them chasing these guys almost like they were man marking um off of the ball and so even if you, even if mckinney's just taking two or three steps towards a guy to to mark him that's all uh, three steps is out, out of position is a massive window uh for for england under no pressure to exploit so I don't, I don't, I don't care at all that he was getting that we were getting carved up. Like I don't think that's McKenney's issue at all. I think that gets solved with the system. And uh, I'm with you. I thought his on the ball brightness was really all I cared about. Okay. Um, I, you know, I've said in the past. I think Tyler Adams is more defensively alert than Weston McKenney. So maybe I'm just confirming my priors when I watched this last night. But I thought it was a little bit of a problem. So we can agree to disagree there. Acosta, Adams, and Legette, I don't. I just don't think there's much to say about their performances, given how how the game state when they came on the field. Do you uh, disagree? I'll, no, I don't. The only thing I'll add is, what are we even doing calling Tyler Adams in? What was the point of calling in Tyler Adams to this to this uh, window? I assume he's going to start against Italy and come off at halftime. That makes me even more upset. Like he shouldn't be starting against Italy. He should be. This is where you take care of the players by taking care of like their careers, uh, and Tyler Adams should not be playing in a game at all. 
five days before he's about to play in the MLS playoffs. Maybe they'll send him home. I don't know if they're if they're going to send him home. They shouldn't have called him up. Yeah. Uh, I wish I wish New York. I wish he would have had a slight hamstring issue, the way Darlington Nagby had a slight hamstring issue. Yeah. If he if he doesn't at all, then think of think of the headache U.S. soccer saves itself. Like there was a, like a legitimate online flood of outrage when Adams isn't named in the starting eleven. Uh, all that outrage ends up aimed at poor Will Trapp, who's done nothing to deserve that. Uh, all because U.S. soccer calls him up, knowing that they can't play him because. <laughs> because he's just done whatever. I mean, it just makes no sense. They've, they've. It's a total soccer federation own goal. I don't totally agree with that. I think there was. It's it's plausible that Adams showed up in camp. He was way sore than he thought he was going to be. He communicated that to Sarakin, and Sarakin said, "Hey, we're just gonna. We, we thought about starting you, but we're gonna just bring you in off the bench to respect that and." I don't know, man. This stuff is, I don't know if it's always so clear cut. No, you're, I mean, that's true. That could totally have happened and everyone could have been sort of having the best intentions. I just think it's, it, it's so predictable that that's exactly why Darlington Nagby is hurt. Darlington Nagby's not, you know, he's not actually hurt, like, but he's, he's potentially hurt or he could get hurt. So we're just going to, we're just going to save everyone the trouble and have him stay home. It just is a, it's just a, such a move than to send Tyler Adams over and then have, put question marks around his entire involvement in the camp. This game, now we have no idea whether whether he'll be used or whether he should be used in the next game. Uh, and everyone just ends up kind of looking, I mean, again, just everyone kind of looks dumb about the whole thing. The whole window it looks dumb now. I, I heard a clip from some British pundit on Sirius XM radio who said he was appalled by what he saw from the U.S. and just how bad they were, and he th- and he suggested that we just cancel the friendly with Italy because what's the point of uh, of playing that way against another good nation without a coach? And I mean, obviously they're not going to do that, but but he's not wrong, right? Yeah, he's not. He's not wrong. Whoever whoever you are, British pundit, you're not wrong. Let's move to the. Attacking midfielders and wingers very quickly. Christian Pulisic, you have any thoughts on him? Can't call him a winger, Bells. He was an outside midfielder. Uh, that, so that's the other thing that I'm really fussy about is it's now like ammunition uh, for all the Christian Pulisic has to be the number 10 folks out there that see what happens when you play him out wide. Um, and it's really important to me that I win the argument with the people <laughs> who think that Pulisic could be a number 10. So... Just to be clear, your just to be clear, your position on this is that he should not be a ten, right? Yeah, that that taking him out of his his role to beat people one on one by putting him in the middle of the field where he's always going to be surrounded by defenders will mitigate his best strengths. Even if he might be the best uh, player that we have for that position, you lose so much by putting him there uh, on the on the wing. You lose, you just lose so much of your advantage on the wing. Yeah. Yeah, those those folks are out in force these days over the last 24, 36 hours. Otherwise, I don't I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say. He was bright. He was a bright spot. He created quite a bit of danger with his dribbling. And you know, he had that he had that great chance that he missed. He didn't defend well, but 
that's you know that's not his forte anyway. And I would say what everything I just said about Pulisic, just apply it to Tim Weah, and he was even you know he was not as much of a bright spot. But what can you say about him? He's not a he's not a shuttler outside midfield defender by trade, and that's the job he was given. Yeah, and he's not a he's not like a one v one phenom, so he's not going to be beating people on the dribble and creating on his own the way Pulisic was doing. Right, he needs to combine with people, and there was no combination to be done for Tim. Didn't have a chance for that. Julian Green, yeah, Julian Green. I thought it was actually a pretty decent game from him, relative to the rest of the team. At least he he he's not an amazing player. Uh, I'm pretty clearly on the record with that. But I thought his shot after that crunching trap tackle wasn't a terrible decision, and he was generally positive. He could turn and make a pass forward. So I, I'm hard on Green almost every day. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, acknowledge that he wasn't he like trap wasn't really the problem. Do you disagree? No, I'm I'm with you totally. Uh, partly because. He was like, uh, you know, Pulisic ends up taking a lot of this heat in, in Wea because of their defensive shortcomings. Uh, Green was never in a position to screw up defensively. So basically all of his samples are just going to be what did he do when he had the ball. Uh, and he was, he, was perfectly, he was perfectly adequate on the ball. Which is kind of what he's been for a while. He, he, um, he was maybe a little more, he had a little more bite on the ball yesterday than he had against... What was the game that you did the the gifs of Mexico? So I did this Mexico game, and I did, I believe, the Colombia game. Okay. For Green's performances, I didn't make a bunch of uh, videos, but I but I, my sense is he was better yesterday than in those performances, marginally, marginally. So little of the ball. I mean, it was so yeah. it was so. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're gonna get out of here quick. Finally, Bobby Wood. <laughs> Uh, par for the course, workmanlike, sometimes clumsy. Should have put that header on frame on that short corner that Pulisic served up for him. But that's Bobby. He's not a world class striker. Yeah, I agree. I, he's he's the same player he's been. <laughs> I don't think my opinion has changed on Bobby Wood in twenty four months. Everyone wanted to see Josh Sargent and disappointed that he was hurt. I don't think Josh Sargent would have somehow turned that game for us. Like I don't think that. Uh, like it's like oh no we couldn't do anything because Bobby Wood wasn't getting things done. Uh, if Josh Sargent had been playing in that game, he would have been probably just as invisible as Bobby Wood was. I suppose I think there 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 were a couple moments where uh, Wood had a had a poor first touch that I thought oh if if Sargent had had been there that would have been that would have resulted in another connected pass and more scrambling for for the english but i guess overall you're you're probably right let's close out with whatever bright spots we can see do you you see any um i actually will come up with a bright spot uh the first 15 minutes of the second half when we kind of moved into more of a 4-1-4-1 uh, and sort of committed a little bit more to one way or the other either conceding possession which we didn't do in the first half or Having more of like uh, uh, adding more numbers to the press, uh, which is what the four one four one sort of accomplished. 
um, turned us into like a, a we, we ended up being able to be on the ball more. Uh, and we ended up with a better shape once we got on the ball rather than being sunk so low in a four in a disorganized four four two. And what I feel like is I still don't love the four one four one, but it just shows that in any if we're at least if we at least pick uh, a system, we immediately improve. Like we were if you just watched that 15 minutes, uh, it was a pretty even game. Uh, England still got a couple of looks because our defending was a little shaky in the back. Yeah. Um, we had like a bunch of really good fluid uh, things that looked like soccer. Uh, so I, again, it's just another argument for once we have some system, these players that we're, we're calling up, they might be good enough. The, the guys, we might not have to like make wholesale changes. Like these guys might be enough. We yeah. just have to give them some support, some spine, some system. Yeah. Yeah, there was, and uh, and I I was particularly happy with that fifteen minutes because McKenney I thought really shined in in that stretch of the game. <clears throat> yeah, McKenney and Pulisic looked really good there too. Like yeah. that's where you watch that fifteen minutes. Pulisic was like, you, then it would have been like, oh yeah, this guy, this guy's really good. This is a real good American player. Right. Uh, the you, other the other minutes, no one really looked like that. Did you draw any confidence from this that a McKenney Adams double pivot would work? Did you draw any pessimism about that? Uh, no, no pessimism. Um, my This game didn't give me any more confidence that that would work. It's literally just like uh, knowing those two players and knowing that, uh, again, a more uh, nuanced coach uh, will ha- would definitely have that as a, as a tool they could use. I don't know if that ends up being the uh, optimum optimal lineup, but I think it's definitely one that can that can work. It's an option that we have to look at and explore and develop. How about you? Are you like, did it did it like tick something off, tick some boxes off for you that strengthens your opinion? Yeah, I thought McKinney looked. Everybody's saying, well, McKinney looked better when he was pushed forward, and I mean, maybe there's there's some truth to that. But I thought he looked pretty good uh, in a deep lying role on the ball or on the ball mostly. And, and so I could see his sort of his comfort and calm on the ball next to Adams, you know, lockdown defensive dynamism being a good match. The, the issue I would see is like, can, can McKinney, well, can he be totally trusted on the ball is one thing, you know, not to make a mistake that, that gives the other team a goal. And then the other thing is, can he can he be trusted to to really take his defensive responsibilities seriously, along with Adams? You know, because he would have to be they would have to really work in concert there. But I, I but overall, I came away encouraged about it, just because I saw McKinney coming back to the center backs, picking up the ball, able to play quickly. I thought he and this is one of my bright spots is that he and Pulisic looked like they were very much up to the level of of England. Did I say that already on this episode? Uh, if not, it's worth, if you have, it's worth repeating. Okay. Because those two guys did look, I, I agree with you. I think those two guys did like, uh, the way they carried themselves too was like, they didn't shrink from it. Even when things were going poorly, uh, at times I think they actually, their frustration or caused them to hustle their way out of position a little bit, try to do too much defensively. But, uh, on the ball, I thought they both look, were bright. Yeah. And and uh, that's encouraging because it's not like we were just 
everybody on the team was just played out of the park. I thought you know, there were other guys on the in our eleven who didn't didn't look up to the level, but we don't need to get too deep into that. So big picture, you look at Pulisic and McKenney, they look like they're ready for that level of competition, even though they were playing in a system that made no sense. If we think there are more Pulisics and McKennies coming up through the ranks, and you know we do, uh, we don't think that they're like an, aber- an historical aberration. Um, that's going to help. That's going to help in the future, and hopefully, Sergeant Ledesma, Soto, Mendez, Richards, Bello, Busio, etc., etc., etc. They all kick on at their clubs because we're going to need the infusion of talent. So that's it'll a, be nice roundabout yeah, it'll be spot. Nice if we could see some of that uh, talent showcase tonight. If anyone's listening to this before the U twenty uh, qualification match, yeah, that's the uh, that's the last point I want to make before we wrap up. Let's uh, let's cross our fingers for better better soccer tonight. Get this taste out of our mouth. Yeah. Okay. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll see you.